last time on Almost Heroes. The gang meets the Keeper, an underwater psychic, psychic speaking three-eyed monstrosity. The Keeper demands a showing of our worth and challenges uh, uh, challenges the guys to a fight. Uh, Cosmo immediately casts Aura Vitality, providing healing, and tells the Keeper that we will overcome any test ahead of us. While Rangrim and Glenn take a passive stance on combat, the Keeper capitalizes on our pacifist ways and turns invisible, then shoots a laser beam at us. Glenn casts Nathair's Mischief and causes the Keeper to break out in a horrendous giggle fit, breaking their invisibility and temporarily incapacitating them. Rangrim spirit guns the Keeper and launches his meteoric javelin out of the lake into the sky. The Keeper shoots Glenn with a, with a beam that slows him and speeds up the Keeper, potentially crippling our dexterous friend. But in his slow fury, Glenn unleashes a lake-splitting shot from the rend of the Dragon Queen, severely wounding the Aboleth. Cosmo continues his healing in passionate pursuit of the Keeper, but can't really do much because he's a punchy boy in an underwater world. Uh, but Cosmo continues his healing. Oh, sorry. Uh, who appears to keep swimming away from our dwarven hero. The Aboleth does. Finally, Rangrim brings his meteoric javelin down onto the Keeper, crushing the Aboleth with a violent and thunderous strike. Recognizing their mortality, the Keeper concedes a path to the temple and allows the heroes to pass. Upon entering the temple, the heroes are met with a well surrounded by three raised pedestals. Glenn places his hand on one and rapidly begins to age. Before Cosmo plays his hand on the second, Glenn stops him, probably wiser with his years, and recommends they set up camp and rest before taking on the subsequent trial. And that is where we left off. Thank you very much, BK. That brings us to episode 127, Heartaches. So we last left our Almost Heroes, three of you found your way into the sunken temple of Ao and were taking a well-deserved long rest. So you're sitting around your makeshift fire together, enjoying a meal comprised of, you know, some of your Tin Town favorites. Um, so as you're kind of, you know, sitting here, taking a breather, uh, what what is it that you all are talking about as we resume this scene? Uh, is he going to be our friend out there or... Do we think he's actually going to kill anybody that starts coming down this way? Um, I'd assume he's probably going to be a bit more neutral around friendship and camaraderie. However, we did pass his test, so I could be wrong. However, um, I don't know if he'll fight them to protect the orb or if he'll just let him pass because we're in here. I don't, I don't really know. We could ask him, and just, or we just find out. I don't really know. Or we hurry up and get this thing done and over with. Get out of here. Yep. I still need. Uh, uh, how long have we been resting? Or is this like straight where we picked up from? Or pretty much, like pretty much it? right where you right where you picked up. Yeah, I would I would say that you guys are still eating that same meal that you had uh, prepared at the end of last episode. Okay. Um, maybe I can convince Poe since since they're still outside to. Uh, you know, they're they're both tentacled creatures, become friends, and maybe see if the Ablet won't fight in the name of friendship. You know, we've I feel like we've really proved that to him just now. So maybe he'll defend our little Poe friend and use that as a a way to defend us. But I think this well in front of us is probably going to pose more problems than anything that's going to be coming down to us. Uh, I lost a few years already. According to you know the crow's feet in my eyes. Thanks, Cosmo, for bringing that up. Um, I didn't bring it up. Last episode you did. Um, should we uh, prioritize who's going to go on which pillar? Because it was power, <clears throat> death, and time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Indeed. Yeah, sounds like that's what I remember. So I'm happy to hop on time. Cosmo, you've already died twice. What's the third? Yep. Rangram, you willing to potentially lose some power? I don't really know how this works. Uh, Yeah, why not? I don't think any of them are going to be particularly good, so. Okay. Well, let's take some time because I'm, again, exhausted from one, fighting that thing, and two, 
losing a few years. So what are your thoughts on the whole potentially summoning or capturing the heart of AO and having this doomsday weapon in our hands? Oh, I mean, I carried it. I unknowingly carried a doomsday weapon for some time. What's one more then, eh? Sounds like you want to be the Sherpa? Sure. Huh. Yeah. Brangram, what's, uh, what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, sounds oh, like Oh, yeah, I'm not carrying that thing. Sounds like you're now a va- like a vessel for some of the new gods. What do you, like, are they not going to freak out over the fact that we're potentially stirring up something that they tried to lock away? Or destroy? You know, I haven't really thought that far ahead yet. So, uh, you want to ask him? Um, I don't think the best place to do that would be like currently in, in the, the old Overgods like temple. Like, hey guys, sorry, uh, this is awkward, but I'm like ready to do a thing. Should I not do it? Like, maybe I shouldn't like yeah. tell him right away. You know. This Maybe is the equivalent of like dialing permission. Uh, it's the equivalent of dialing nine out of your school. It's yeah, like, can it's I go talk to, add, to another god? It, it's a pretty uh, like you know better to you know kind of just ask for forgiveness kind of a uh, situation. Maybe yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> what is that saying? Ignorance is bliss or something like that. Oh, it is. It is. Trust me. There is no one more blissful than Rangrim. Indeed. Yeah, it, it definitely, definitely nothing more, no, nothing more blissful than fully omnipotent gods who can see it and know everything that's going on. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, we're saddled up under your god, Cosmo, as the avatar of Morden, and Glenn's gonna like gesture to Morden, and little like minor illusions gonna come out of his hands. It's gonna be like confetti of just like little Morden stances, like. As the Avatar of Morden, are you feeling anything? Uh, um, yeah. you, roll, a, roll a religion check. With advantage. Am I, am I feeling anything? <laughs> are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> uh, someone make a bikini uh, bottom one shot. Uh, Put it, I'm putting it into the world. Height. I'm pretty sure there was plenty of bikini bottoms in our uh, beach episode. Nice, mm, nice. Indeed. I don't, I don't know really know if it's like the Morden thing or if it's just the meal, but you know, I mean, I feel it like right here as he points to like his belly button. Um, I rolled an eleven, so I assume I feel nothing. You, uh, <laughs> you feel like so whatever has been pulling you to this spot, whatever like internal, like just kind of drive that's been pulling you here. Um, you still feel it and uh, you feel like you just, you know, you feel like you're in the right place, um, but you're not like, you know, you're not like, that's it. And like pointing any, any <laughs> which direction. It's kind of just like, you just, you, you, it's almost like you don't feel it pulling you in any direction anymore because you just feel like you're in the right place. Yeah. It just, you know, I feel like I'm at home here and uh, I don't feel anything real specific. But, um, I mean, it feels good finally to have potentially found the thing that we've been searching so long to find. But um, this whole Morin thing is, is still a little strange. I'm not sure how much of it I believe or, I mean, I hope it's something. I hope there's something out there that is uh, on my side and helping me fight for what I believe is right. So. Have you, like, tried talking to him lately? I feel like you're ever going to have a chance to commune with Morden in in any capacity. It's going to be at his feet. Again, Glenn just goes, just like a puff of, but this time (laughs) it's less puffy because Cosmo looks contemplative. Well, I mean, I don't... I suppose this seems like an ancient place, but... You know, I mean... It 
could carry some sort of sacred weight, but for the most part, these these things are just statues and rock. I feel like it, it's it's always kind of been something in me, but it's never really made any sense. I mean, it's never really jumped and tried to communicate. I'm not even really sure to like how to how to reach out. Flint's just gonna slowly look to Rangrim's like, how do you talk to your gods? Um, well, honestly, like kinda like there were those two like really crazy times. And uh there was a time we were in like their literal temple and they kinda just told me to steal that stuff. Oh stealing, that's really godly. Yeah. I mean I guess it just depends on whose god you uh, follow. Glenn's gonna like be brushing off the the feathers of the <laughs> the armor of the uh, trickster. He's like, uh, yeah, some gods don't don't hate it too much. Uh, well, I mean, figured there's gonna be a time before potentially me- meeting your maker's maker. Be a good idea to ask questions now, but sure. I'm also okay. happy to. Take first watch if you guys want to grab some some Z's, heal up a little bit. But tell tell you what, um, I I've I'll take it into your into into my mind and consider spending some time and reaching out. I'll um I'll take first watch. Perfect. And Glenn's like already setting up like the second he knows that he can chill out he's just aged he was slowed he got hit with like all sorts of fuckery from the abbot he's he's just tired glenn's gonna kind of post up in a corner and watching the the portal that we came in through just because poe's still outside and if anything starts rumbling out there poe's gonna alert him so just he gets an alert from poe he's got his eyes on like the doorway from the outside um i mean I guess it is not a round room. So, it, it, yeah, there is, there's a corner you could find. Um, any well, even if it's particular? a round room, I'm on the opposite side of the circle. No, yeah, it's it's not. It's a, I originally thought it was a round room, but no, it is, it is square. It's like Aztec kind of Mayan temple. It's like how it's how the structure is. Um, any god in particular that you, uh, uh, you know, sit next to? Hmm. Yeah, I think Glenn would feel... Probably most drawn to. Oh shit! I got two in mind. Um, these Maybe the they're next to each gods. other. Let me think on that. Okay. How about you, Rangram? Are you uh, are nice. you staying up with Cosmo, or are you settling down for uh, just a, a, uh, wee, a wee kip? Rangram's absolutely taking that rest in, Good for call. sure. What are the? Are you... Can you give me the gods god list one more time of who's represented here? Um, all of them, all the old, every, every, every single one, yep. every one of them. So feel go, get like to a go- thousand of them. <laughs> there are, there's so many. Um, I mean, obviously there are of certain eras. So like this would have been like, not, you know, thousand, thousand years ago kind of situation, like for these gods, but, um, it would have been like the, the current like era before the sundering. Oh, this is but cool. no, I cannot help you with uh, listing off the thousand gods that potentially yeah, could be don't. represented in this room. I'm going to make you go to Google and uh, pray to the god of Google to find out who is in this room. Dearest Google, <laughs> um, uh, Rankrum, how are you setting up to your uh, for your uh, for your rest? Are you doing anything uh, before you do? No, he's not doing anything particular. He's going to look around. There's like millions of gods, and just was leaning at the foot of one of them. Cool. <clears throat> Yeah, maybe there's even small alcoves like all the way up the walls, like just with even like more minor gods and things like that that are represented in smaller statues, not as, you know, in not in full scale or whatever, not human human scale, um, like uh, like the, you know, the more major gods are represented. Lynn is going to rest up against uh, the god Salune, okay. Our Lady of Silver, the Moon Maiden, and the Night the night white lady, huh? Uh, the white night, the night white lady. That's 
a choice. Uh, she is the goddess <laughs> of the moon choice. in the Faerunian pantheon. So I imagine she's, I mean, looking at her picture, I imagine the picture I'm looking at, she's like cloaked in a bunch of like heavy robes. Honestly, she could just be the female version of Glyn minus the dark. It's all white, moon reflective, but long, like looks like silvery hair. Uh, and Glyn just going to tuck up against that. What better way to catch some Z's than the foot of the goddess of the moon? Yep. And it's uh, it's all represented in white marble uh, that is, uh, you know, just kind of shining, like, you know, the the ambient light that's radiating out of this, uh, this kind of ominous well in the center of the room uh, is, you know, radiating off of these, uh, you know, these statues. And so you get kind of like a nice um, glow effect that's uh, kind of a subtle glow from it as well. But yeah, so uh, Glenn, you uh, you sat down over there. Um, Frangrim, you've kind of you know settled down to sleep as well. Um, so as you guys are going to sleep, just real quick, and we don't need to go into too much depth, but uh, what are you guys like? Where are your thoughts at? Like before you guys kind of settle down to sleep, like what what what's on your mind? Like as you're you know kind of fading off. Uh, Glenn's is weirdly simple in the sense that his job right now is the only thing he's focusing on. He is a uh, in that singular focus mindset where he, he has a task and he needs to go do it. And he is really not trying to think about what comes next <laughs> or what's happening outside these walls. Cause if the second his mind starts to like slip to like what's pops doing, it's like, Oh God, Tin town might be on fire. So like anytime like his brain creeps away, it's like, fuck, 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 fuck. So he just like keeps trying to focus on how to get to the heart of AO. Another reason why he offered to immediately go into the trance and not have to think about the non immediate things in front of him. So I think Glenn is doing everything he can to not think about what's happening outside these four walls or however many walls are. How about you, Rangram? Um, honestly, that's pretty on point. Rangram's pretty much doing the exact same thing as Glenn, which is why he wanted to like, nope, I'm going to go to bed. I don't want to sit in here and ponder how this is going to piss off my new gods and how everyone's going to die and I'm going to die. Cosmo's going to die a third time. So he's like, I'm just going to go to bed. I'm just going to sleep it off. But like, even as he's trying, I think his his thoughts are about like they one they're very much impending doom, and and like about Tin Town, same as Glenn. He's trying to like stuff that down as far as he can. Yeah, but it keeps re resurfacing. I think as he tries to just fall asleep. For sure. Yeah, it's uh, there's there's a lot riding on this, um, and not only that, like even if things go incredibly well for you guys. You're a long ways away from Tin Town, and things could be going very differently there. So it's uh, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, so Cosmo, as your um, as your two companions kind of you know drift off to sleep or into the trances, uh, what is what is Cosmo doing? And what is Cosmo like? What's on Cosmo's mind? Yeah. Um, so I think as they kind of drift off to sleep, and Cosmo. I think for the most part would still, you know, take his armor off and kind of like he might be keeping watch, but he doesn't necessarily assume too much will uh, take place. He feels pretty comfortable and he kind of um, he dons his like his war pick and um, I think maybe he kneels before the the statue of Morden. Um, and he, he actually kind of like, I don't, this is like a really, he puts his, he kind of like puts his arm like on the, the branded scar that he has of the seal of Morden that he placed on himself. And, um, I think he just kind of like there's like a a moment of just hopefulness for him to and um he 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 casts uh he casts ceremony um <clears throat> and uh he is dedicating himself to the service of Morden. Um and I I think he just said, you know, would kind of mutter to himself of just if 
if you're there, if you're out there, if you're in me, just give me the strength and the courage to do what's right. Uh, if you have any wisdom or any insight, my ears and my mind are open. Okay. Roll me a... Um... I guess it has, has to be another religion check. Roll me a religion check. Go for it. Straight up and down. <clears throat> Yo. Nat 20. Amazing. Amazing. You. So. <laughs> this. So okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm reeling for a second here. I need to figure out exactly what because that's that's that can't go on. You know, unrewarded. Um, Cosmo, you're sitting there. Uh, are your eyes closed? Uh, yeah. Okay. Cosmo, your eyes are closed, and you know how when you you know right when you close your eyes and you're looking at something that's kind of bright, like, you know, a white statue would be, there's kind of like after images in, in your mind's eye. You can kind of see it there for just like, for just a couple seconds, like while you're, you can kind of see that, that outline faintly in your, in your, you know, kind of behind your eyelids when you close your eyes. You, you close your eyes and you start to do this, this prayer and this ceremony and, and you make this plea to a God that, hasn't been around as long as you've even been alive. Like you, like two ships passing in the night, the night you were born was the night that Morden, you know, stopped being available for his followers. And you close your eyes and you see these, you know, this afterimage of this statue kind of in, in your mind's eye. And it starts to do something really strange you see this kind of like white silhouette of this statue that is just like a blurry outline for a second as you close your eyes. And then you see it move. And you see it kind of come towards you and reach its hand out. And you feel something on your shoulder, not like a, not a weight, not like a hand, but you just feel like a warmth that kind of flows through you and into you. Um, and you feel as though like there is like a comforting warmth that spreads through your entire body Cosmo and whatever fears like that you had or were going into this, obviously you still have concerns, but there is, um, I think that it's kind of replaced by a, a feeling of just kind of peacefulness and comfort that kind of washes through your body as this image, like this after image kind of fades out of your, out of your vision. And, you know, your eyes just, I, I mean, I assume you probably, would you open your eyes um, as soon as you kind of were seeing this happening? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you, you see this, I mean, it happens quickly. You, you close your eyes, you do the prayer and this, 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 this figure kind of moves towards you and, and you feel that warmth and peace spread through you. And when you open your eyes, the statue is exactly where it was. It hasn't moved. It's, it's in the same exact place it was. Um, but that feeling of peacefulness and comfort remains. And uh, I think that that's as you kind of wrap up your, uh, I mean, please feel free to, to tell me like what you would, uh, what you would be doing in this, in this moment after this. But um, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, that, that feeling continues. Mm. Um, I think maybe he would just say, and um, uh, I, I think he would just kind of said there might, there might even be a tear that, you know, kind of runs down as he kind of feels it and just, and just, Thank you. I don't need words, but just knowing that you're on our side is everything. And I will die for this cause. Tell... Tell Dad I said hi. And uh, I'll see him soon. Um, And uh, he kind of like 
stands, you know, and kind of puts his war pick in a salute and just kind of gives the statue a bow and uh that would be it. That's take it uh take inspiration. That was that was really, really good. Um so yeah, you um you 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 go back and you know you you take the rest of your long rest, having obviously a lot to think about. Um but uh yeah, I, I Glenn, I think uh you know four hours pass and you're uh you know you're you're starting to come out of your uh out of your trance. Um what do you do? Uh Glenn's gonna as he's coming out of it, kind of look up at Salune and tap her on the foot. Thanks for watching over me. Um, it falls over and traps you beneath. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Uncanny dodge. Um, <laughs> and Glenn is going to kind of peer out through, I guess, Poe's eyes into the water uh, to see if he sees anything. Is there any shifting of the waters? It'll just look like the Abolus like is idly sitting there, or is it? Uh, the Abolith is is not visible, um, but you swear uh, you you see a few like um, kind of disturbances uh, in the water, as if the Abolith is probably there but invisible uh, and moving around. Uh, there, you could assume that they are probably in a pretty weak state currently, and they are uh, well, they're recuperating a little bit. They don't want to be uh, you know visible. So, uh, but you can tell that they are likely still there, um, but. In in this area that that because um, I assume that Poe would have stayed within the clean water area, so you'd yes. have much more visual. Yeah, Poe uh, was know, on a uh, like on one of the destroyed pedestals out. Yeah, like literally right outside the door. Perfect. Yeah, I mean nothing. It's just inky blackness. Looking outside into inky blackness, basically. But yeah, there's nothing. Um, I think that if you look up towards the surface, uh, you know it's it's pretty far away. Uh, so I don't really and I and you're looking through pretty dark water so i really don't think you'd be able to see anything even at the surface um but no nothing is approaching you in the, cool. for the current time being um knowing that they're going to need some more time i think glenn's going to like find kind of an open space sort of probably away from the well just to make sure that they don't accidentally touch another one of the pedestals and set it off um he's going to kind of set up a little ring for him and chandrell to begin sparring and i think he's going to like summon Chandrell and see if she has reception down here. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think you. I think you have a couple bars. Um, you uh, you summon Chandrell, and uh, she uh, first. I mean, when she appears, uh, kind of you know, just you know, coming uh, you know, coming directly out of the, the scimitar. Uh, you know, she looks around the space and is just. Well, I have to say, Glen Yaris, this is. This is quite a this is quite a place to be summoned. This um this is this is like the this is like the place, right? This is what where we've been trying to get to. Uh according to our our dwarven friend's gut, this is this is where we're supposed to be. Uh well, you should always follow your gut. I, and she's like looking around and like like runs her hand even though it's like semi-translucent like across one of the the statues and just like you have to always follow your gut, that's for sure. Recognize any familiar faces? Yeah, I think that she uh, moves over to one of the ones that is uh, kind of more elven in its uh, styling. I will not name it because I don't know what it would be. Um, but uh, she uh, she looks around and goes, yes, there are quite a few of these of these ancient gods. Well, not so ancient. Only fifty years or so ago, but uh, that I, I do, I do recognize, and to be honest, kind of miss. I'm curious to see what's going to happen after all this. Obviously, I'm trying not to to fester on it too much, but we're going to have our hands on something that, uh, unless placed in the right set of hands can cause a insurmountable amount of change. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Have you ever been in a situation where you've had to, I mean, ultimately do something that you thought was right, but not really sure how it's going to end or kind of what's waiting for you on the other side? 
She she gives you a like kind of a, a hard look for a second and goes, I think that both of us know that I've been in that exact same position before. And you can tell that she's, you know, kind of calling back to the fact that uh, when, you know, the night that she uh, had you basically banished from Zephyr. Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't know if really I'm a sample size of what I want the rest of the world to be, but um, I, ge I guess it worked out for the better. I mean, I'm alive. Technically, something will probably survive at the end of all this. So I guess as long as I'm the one with, you know, my hand on the blade, if you will, uh, I can make some decision about what's going to happen to the people that I care about. But yeah, I'm just trying to focus on what's ahead of me and figure out if there's a, a clean solution to all this. But the more I spin on it, the more it just seems messier and messier. No matter really who we give this item to or who's in control of it, they're going to be in a situation of power that not many others, if anybody else, can rival. And that's a very uh, fortuitous and terrifying position to be in. She she looks she's she's giving you a look and um, just kind of studying you for a, a moment and you can tell that like she's she's very proud of how far you have come since you know it, it, you know since you started this journey and uh, you know as a you know as both you, as your relationship with Chandrell but also you just you know your ability to think through this like you know Glenn's not you know no young spring chicken but in these you know these these intervening months uh, that this you know that this campaign has been going on. Um, you know, Glenn has grown quite a lot um, in, in how he views the world. Uh, so I, I, she's looking at you and goes, Glenn Yaris, I, I'm not going to pretend to say that I've ever been this, in this situation quite this dire. You and your friends are going to be making decisions that will affect, well, potentially the entire prime material plane and at the very least the continent of Sakal. While things might seem dark and dire and may seem like there is no right answer for any of this, I would take a, a page out of your friend Cosmo's book and just make sure that you, through all this, just trust your gut. It's led you well so far. And another piece of advice would be that even in times when it seems like there are only one or two options there is always always another one you just need to find out what that is hmm. i'll keep that in mind but you know when we talk about options there's always a focus on passive uh being a pacifist or trying to take the the high road if you will but I've learned sometimes you just kind of have to take the low road. And as I say that, Glenn's going to like just do a backslash <laughs> like right across her head with the double-bladed scimitar. Yeah, roll me, in a, roll me an attack. Neat. Uh, was she surprised? Is this a sneak attack? Surprise, uh, motherfucker. Uh, I'll give you a sneak attack. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Sweet, sweet, so you have to sweet, hit sweet, her sweet. first. Yes, I do. Fuck. Um, oh, no, never mind. I well, actually, who knows with her? Uh, twenty-seven to hit. You do, yeah. You would, you would definitely hit with that. That'd be pretty wild. If all of a sudden, I was like, no, actually, her AC is twenty-nine. She can fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's forty-seven. She turns um, into mist. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to take the sneak attack damage. I just like as it's going like right for her head. I think Glenn might recognize that he's about to connect and just turns it and just like bops her on the side of the head with like just the the panel version of the scepter, the same way that she like kept doing it to him countless times in the past, and he's just gonna bonker over the head and then he's going to smile and close his eyes and then he's going to start sparring with her i love it um yeah she's gonna she's gonna roll attack on you uh a 17 plus five. Oh, that hits okay um yeah so i think that uh, i think that she when you kind of bap her on the side of the head she you have learned well glenyaris and uh then she like she pretends like she kind of like falls to the side a little bit, like is like a little bit, a um, little bit off of her uh, axis and like leans against uh, one of the, uh, one of the statues. 
But as she does so, she kicks like a, she just kicks her, she drops down and does like a spin kick with her foot, trying to like kick your feet out from underneath you. Um, and I think she catches one of your feet. So you stumble back a little bit. And then as like, as you're catching your, uh, you know, kind of getting your feet underneath you, she's already, uh, she's already at you with her, uh, with her double weight scimitar. And you guys are, are just in the midst of sparring. Um, but yeah, so I, um, Rangram, I think that, uh, I think this is probably what you wake up to is, uh, you see, you see Cosmo that's, you know, sitting around the, you know, sitting around the fire and he's, uh, just seems like he's deep in thought, um, and you see Glenn, who is uh, who is sparring nothing. Uh, not that you not like it's it's something you haven't seen before. But uh, you you yeah, you, this is kind of the. Uh, Can Rangram see Chandrail now that he's worked on her countless times? I mean, if anyone is used Chandrail as much as Glenn, it'd be it'd be Rangram. I. Okay. My main, my memory is blanking right now. Have I, have I ever said that anyone else could see Chandrell? No one has been able to see them. No. So far. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. No, then, then I don't think at this point, unless, unless he had some sort of magic vision, he had a, a mad, his magic eye or something like that. I don't think that he'd be able to see. But yeah, okay. you, uh, you, you're waking up, um, Rangram. And you know, like you said, you wake up to this odd scene of, uh, you know, Glenn doing his normal fighting of uh, fighting of nothing, fighting the air, and then uh, Cosmo, who's uh, sitting very contemplative around the fire. Ringer Mike wakes up and kind of in like a groggy haze, like rolls over and looks and is just like yawns and goes, oh, fuck. Like, you know, when you wake up, you just realize everything's still bad. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't a nightmare. You know, he woke. It's like he woke up in a drunk tank and was like, "Oh shit, that happened. I forgot." Yeah, what, and he um, would just kind of stand up and motion. He'd make his way over to Cosmo sitting around the fire. Okay. Um. Yeah, we're just real quick. We're Rangrim's dreams. Just kind of lots of Tin Town and bad things happening and things of that sort. Or were they a little bit more positive? I think his dreams were actually rather positive considering because that's what he was kind of trying to like think about the whole time every time something bad. Like I said, he was just stuffing those emotions down as deep as he could. So I think his dreams were actually probably pleasant or I mean, who knows what a pleasant dream for Ringram is at this point. But <laughs> definitely like definitely better than the current situation. So I think that's his his waking up of. Oh, shit. Uh, we're still here. Reality knocked hard when you woke up. Yes. Yeah. But then he would uh, walk over to Cosmo and see him sitting by the fire and give him like a big hearty pat on the back. So uh, you, you God tell you what we're fucking doing yet or? Me? Uh, no. I don't, no real general direction, but um, I feel... I feel good. I feel, I feel hope for it. I know there's a whole lot of, um, I know there's a whole lot of stuff that needs to go on in between now and good, but, uh, I think we'll get there. I certainly hope so. I mean, well, well, it's you both seeming normal spirits considering. It's like looking over at Glenn, who's just like fighting, doing his sword play by himself. Like, haha, well, I got you this time. And like he darts off. Blood just randomly starts creeping down my face. Yeah. yeah. Well, I you still never his... understand that. You see what a foot get kicked out from underneath him and then fall and fall on his ass and then get up and like do like a bunch of like spin kicks in the air or something. Do the paramore guitar lift, or just like <laughs> go like basically parallel with something that's not even there, like parallel with the ground, just do a wheel kick overwards or over mm -hmm. their back. Perfect. Well, uh, after wrapping up Chandrell, Glenn's gonna realize Rangram's awake and sees Cosmos looking a little more talkative, kind of come over and probably sweat going down his face, say, What did uh? Sounds like you didn't necessarily hear anything, Cosmo, but the 
recommendation I got was follow your gut and my gut's kind of been living through you. So what do you think <laughs> we should be doing? Seems like the well is the only way forward, right? The well is definitely seemingly the only way forward. I got no real general direction specifics, but um, as I told Rangrim here, I feel hopeful. I feel there's a way through it, and um, it'll probably take a lot out of us and a lot out of those that believe in this cause, but we'll see. I don't, I don't know what is in front of us, but I sure have to say that I am... I'm sure glad I've had the two of you the whole time to do this with me. I'm impressed that none of us killed each other at any point. That was kind of the... I uh, mean, look, I tried, but that wasn't... I wasn't me doing it. We know that. We do. Now you remember. Now you remember that. Every other time you pretend like you forgot, but now it's coming back to you. Interesting. Well, yeah, I feel kind of guilty about it now. Coswell's getting me all soft talking about friendship and all that shit. I mean, you guys did help me, you know, kill like a evil underground space aberration brain. Like cut my arm off and all that. Yeah, you've gone through... Cosmo, I mean, I might have brought you back from dead a couple times, but I still feel like I owe you one. Well, I tell you what, after today, we're probably even. Oh, well, that was ominous as shit. All right, well... Well, I mean, you were just... I got all up in my feels. I figured we'd dry up those tears (laughs) and feelings real quick, eh? Oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. But uh, in all in all seriousness, no matter what happens today, uh, uh, this is this never dies. Hell yeah! What do you guys say we uh, go grab the heart of the creator of creators and see what kind of chaos that won't shake up? Yep. What could possibly go wrong? The three of you are approaching. The uh, this well, this this magical well that's in the center of the room that is flanked on three sides by these these symbols that you know represent time, power, and death. Um, and yeah, so I know you have all had discussed, uh, you know, which one you were going to be approaching, but how are you approaching this? And uh, you know, yeah, just how are you doing this? I think Glenn's just already hovering a hand above it and waiting to see the other two put his hand down. You know, once once the hand touches, whatever timer starts. So I imagine you're gonna want to pull your hand as quickly as possible. And Cosmo, good luck on the the death one. I'm not really sure what's gonna happen there. Well, uh, well, based on the two or two to ten seconds or so I held it last time, I expected to quite literally suck the life out of me. So uh, should be a good time. Uh, All right, so be prepared to bring you back from the dead. Yep. Third third time? Third time's a charm, yep. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so the three of you have are basically sitting there ready to push the buttons kind of situation. Hands hands hovered above them? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. So Cosmo is on death. Uh, Glenn is on time and Rangrim is on power. The the three of you, uh, as you take your positions and put your hands over these these symbols, um, last time you interacted with this, you only did it one at a time. The, the three of you didn't do it together. And you notice that there's a difference as, as you kind of take your, your places. As the third person puts their hand over these, these, these symbols, don't even, not like, before you even actually touch it, you see the symbols start to glow with these 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 colors. Um, power is blue, time is green, and death is red. And as they glow, you see the symbols begin to change and morph, and almost as if the glyphs themselves, the actual carvings, start to rotate and like 
shift around and create new symbols. The symbol for power now resembles the symbol for Tiamat. The symbol for time represents the symbol for Kronos, and the symbol for death represents the symbol for the Raven Queen. And obviously you can't see yourself, but you can see your your companions. And as these symbols change, you see these apparitions that rise up from behind each of each of the three of you. And you see that they are similar to the humanoid versions of these gods that you saw in Walt's memories. They are just faint outlines, almost as if they are made out of smoke, with no fi- no facial features, nothing. You can see these outlines, but I mean, a, a five-headed figure behind Rangrim and a like winged figure behind uh, behind Cosmo. Like it is, uh, it is very easy to recognize what these figures are. And as these apparitions rise up, the three of you hear voices in your heads in turn. And you assume that you can just hear it yourselves because it's it's almost like it's being whispered into each of your ears. And Rangrim, you hear, To gain my blessing, you will need to become weaker. You will have to sacrifice some of that power that makes you so formidable. Can you pay this cost? And it kind of echoes in your head. And Glenn, you hear, To gain my blessing, you have to sacrifice time. That time that you would have on this mortal plane with your family and friends. And Cosmo, in your ear, you hear, To gain my blessing, you will have to bring yourself closer to death than you may have ever wished and be not afraid of that death. And you, these these apparitions are just kind of hovering, just kind of behind the three of you um, as you continue to hover your hands over these, these symbols. But it goes silent. There's no more, there's no more whispering. It's almost like they are waiting. Well, Boys, I uh, guess the good news is I won't really have to think too much about what's going to happen after this because it sounds like I'm going to give up some of that time. So let's uh, get this thing moving and I will see you on the other side, I guess. And Glenn's going to start to like lower his hand and see what the guys do and they go, then he goes. Well, um, won't be the first time I lost just a wee bit of power, right? Right. And I can't say that I haven't died before, so uh, I do not fear death. Okay. Right. I think. <laughs> I think that yeah. I think that as you. I think that as you. Uh, you say that you. The three of you put your hands down, and the effects are immediate and terrible. The three of you are barely able to even uh, comprehend what's happening to your companions as you deal with the, effect, the, the immediate effects of what's happening to you. Rangrim, you you feel yourself racked with pain the second that you put your, your hand down on this. And you can feel this energy that is being pulled out of your body and you feel almost like you feel your muscles like shrink. And not only that, like you feel your your connection to whatever divine energy that you have been pulling from, you feel that tether. Like it's like a few of those tenant that those tendons just get cut. Not all of them, but like like you feel less connected to your divine source um, as this is continuing to like siphon power from you. Glenn, you you just it feels like what it was when you originally touched it, but it is so much more severe. Glenn, you you feel your, like, it's like your life is being pulled out of you. Like, it's being siphoned. And I think that even your hand that you're holding down, you watch it, like, age. Like, it gets more wrinkly even as you are holding it down onto this, um, onto this, this pedestal. And obviously, you can't see yourself, 
but you can tell that this is having an immediate effect on you. Cosmo, you you feel like you're like just tethered to the mortal coil is lessening. Like you feel like you are less present and like almost like your literal life is being pulled out of you as you continue to hold your hand onto this. But um, as you are all pressing down on these symbols, you see the three orbs, blue, green, and red, rise up in front of you and lift into the air and hover. And they are like, and they're all, they're growing in size as if they're like, you can see that there's energy that is radiating through you through the well and up into these now floating orbs. And they're, they're growing in size. They started as like a golf ball and they're getting to like more of like a, a baseball size as you're holding this down. And it, it it continues like this for, it feels it feels like an absolute eternity, but it probably isn't more than about 30 seconds. When the drain on all three of you like slowly stops as quickly as it started it just kind of stops and you see these the energy that's that's siphoning out of you uh, ceases and you see these orbs that are they're floating in the air all about softball size and they're just kind of floating around in uh, above this well um these these three primary colors and you feel locked in place your hand is still stuck down to this 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 symbol that you had touched and you look around and see your companions and Rangram, you just, I mean, you like, you're an older, you're, you're already an older Duergar and your, your muscles have gone from like, not as like bulky and like that kind of like blacksmith build. You're a little bit more like lean and sinewy. Like Rangram's face is like a little bit leaner than it's ever been than you've ever seen him. And, uh, Rangram, you're, you're feeling that like, just that weird, like loss of connection to your, uh, to your divine sources. Not all the way, but it's definitely not as strong as it was. You guys look at Glenn and um, Glenn, he looks, he looks like, I mean, he looks good. Like he's a, he's a silver fox all the way, but like there is like his <laughs> white hair, like you can tell, you can tell there's like a lot of silver that has mixed in there with his hair. Like it's, it's a different kind of like coloring, like his whole side has like gone like a like a grayish silver that's like now mixed in with like his kind of like whitish like whitish blonde hair um and his face is just like lined it, it looks like he has just aged immediately but i mean again still looks good he's just there's been there's definitely been some aging that's that's happened there and and cosmo you just feel withered up like you you like cosmo is just like his eyes are sunken in he looks gaunt like it just there's He's like less of Cosmo. And I'm, there are effects to this. And we will, we will deal with those things. We'll deal with those things off the air, but Rangram, you are weaker now. You are, you are weaker, you are weaker in your, um, in, in, you are going to take a hit to your wisdom is what is, you're going to be, is what you're going to be taking is a hit to your wisdom modifier. Um, Glenn, you sacrificed half of your remaining life is what is what Glenn is what Glenn sacrificed. And there will be a uh, because your your body is older now, you'll be hitting taking a hit to your dexterity because of your uh, because of your kind of older, older body. And Cosmo, you sacrificed uh, a, you made a big sacrifice. Um, the, the kind of sickly feeling that you have in the pit of your stomach is the fact that you've sacrificed 20% of your current HP. Um, that is now gone. But the worst thing is that because you promised the Raven Queen that you were not afraid of death, you can no longer be resurrected. Woof. So, as you all are kind of taking this in, still feeling yourself kind of locked in place, whether that is self-imposed or whether that is just the remnants of this, um, of this kind of horrible sacrifice that the three of you have just made. You feel something equally as terrifying um, as the temple itself begins to rumble and shake. 
and as this as this starts to rumble and, and move like it, it kind of like begins to like you feel like just particles of dust and you you even you like hear like a couple statues that fall from the higher precipices and like smash to the ground um what do you do why don't we ever find a temple that's not halfway crumbling yeah um fuck oh, i Maybe maybe we have to get it and go. And Rengren's gonna look at Cosmo and Glenn like, "Whoa, okay, well, at least everybody looks as shit as I fucking feel." Imagine that feeling's mutual. So maybe we just um, we get what we came here and leave, before we all get smushed. Uh, you had me at leave, and Glenn's going to like step <laughs> up onto the well, and is like waiting for them. And I think we're all just gonna. Glenn's go if what's gonna happen is what Glenn thinks is gonna happen, everyone's gonna like step into the well, so Glenn's just ready as this thing starts crumbling around him. Okay. Um you try to you try to step up and uh, your hand seems to be stuck to this uh to this thing. Can you make me a uh, a strength uh, a strength check? As an old man or as a Glenn? Because either way it's plus zero. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll do a Cosmo dice for strength. Strong boy. Uh, 13 on strength. Um, you are, you feel like you're able to, like, you are pulling in, as, as hard as you can, but you feel like your hand is, is still pretty stuck to this, uh, this symbol. Um, and it, it you can tell it is magical in nature, whatever it is, like, con- connecting you to it. Um, and as you are pulling your hand away, trying to step up onto, the, I think that at this point you're like feet are up on either side of your hand, and you're like trying to pull it up, and but you are up on the well. Um, and as that as that is happening, the three of you feel your stomach just go into your throat as you feel this. Uh, as you as all of a sudden you feel like you are rising very fast, like you feel like pulled down towards the ground, and you just feel like you are in an elevator that is just like suddenly shooting up. And um, as this, I've never this been in an elevator. Of... I'm, I'm an elf. <laughs> well, you've been in an elevator then. Um, I knew yes. it was fucking coming. You just, you just lobbed that one to him. <laughs> Underhanded, just Underhand. smashed it out of the. It was, it was literally on a t-ball stand. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. You know what? <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, you, you feel your, you feel your, just stomach drop as this, as you suddenly just start shooting upwards and like again these these this temple is rumbling and these these statues are starting to fall from some of the higher precipices i think even a couple of them fall over that are the full-size statues and it it doesn't last long it lasts like maybe like again like 30 seconds but you are just like this rumbling and feeling and then all of a sudden like the three of you lift into the air and you feel your hand like come disconnected as the three of you just kind of like float into the air for a second as this thing stops moving upwards um, and then you kind of smash back down to the ground um, all uh, all three of you are well roll me dexterity saving throws Glenn I won't make you uh, do your minus what's, yet but. okay I was to say what's my dex <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll do it manually just tell me what it is uh, you just want the straight roll then uh, you would just yeah just tell me what you what you would have rolled gotcha uh, dirty 20. Okay. Um, sounds good. Uh, Ranger, what did you, uh, what did you roll for your dexterity saving throw? Uh, 13. Okay. Um, yeah, you I think you, I think you land kind of heavily. Plus four, plus four for just being near me, so. Okay, so 17 for Rangram. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, right on. Like that better. 20 something for Glenn. 24 for Glenn, yeah. What'd you get, Cosmo? Oh, I didn't even roll it yet, sorry. <laughs> uh... Deck saving throw, dirty 20. Okay. I, this, all of you uh, land on your feet, even after, you know, as this as this temple, like, you can feel it rise up and then s- just stop kind of abruptly. And when it stopped, you kind of, the three of you just kind of, like, lifted into the air and would have smashed back down pretty heavily. But you're practice adventurers. You've land on, you've landed on your feet many times. And, uh, you know, even, even Rangram with your lower roll, uh, you're able to, like, land on your feet, even if it's a little bit heavily. Um, I mean, even in your weakened state, but the three of you are able to stay on your feet as this, everything kind of settles. And you, I think one more statue kind of like topples over and falls from a high precipice. And then you 
start to feel more dust falling on you from directly above. And as you all look up, you see that there is the ceiling itself. There are creases of light that have appeared in almost an X formation on it, between each of the creases of the walls. And these tiered, like this kind of pyramid shape of this upper point of the roof, you see it break in four and four quadrants and begin to open and then heavily fall flat onto the sides, um, opening up all into this four-pointed star of a uh, like flat platform that as you are blinded by like, or, well, no, I'm sorry, it's, it's nighttime. Um, you are not blinded. Uh, you're, you're blinded by the fact that there's no light except for the fact that it's dark <laughs> outside. You're blinded by darkness. Um, you, uh, you take your bearings for a moment and where you now find yourself is you are on this four-pointed stone platform that is sitting like an island in the center of the Bonhurst Lock. And this, the, like, huge waves as these walls smash down into the waters, creating this, like, flat platform. Um, and, like, waves just, like, washed outwards. I think that you see uh, your boat that just kind of, like, moves a little bit in the water as, uh, you know, that's kind of maybe, like, 100 feet or so away from where you're at currently. Um, off to the side uh, as the as the waves push it, um, and you can see in the sky above you the continued starfall. That is, you know, the, the streaks of light that uh, you know from high above of all these multicolored multicolored lights that are uh, falling to you know the prime material plane. Um, but you can also see that in the center of the well, the three spheres have begun to move towards each other and are almost circling around, and they start to push into each other and begin to swirl together, creating this like swirling vortex of light, almost like a marble, like the insides of a marble, how it kind of like becomes like this swirling color, like all three of these colors are kind of combining. And as they do so, you see a lot of white begin to kind of creep into that. And as they continue to combine, they are about the size of a basketball now, all in one big sphere. And this white orb of light is now like, you, you can see the green, you can still see the green and the red and the blue that is strided around inside of it. But for the most part, it's largely white. And it's very similar to the, the symbol of Ao that you saw on, on the temple before it rose up. And you can still see it like represented on the ground, like, you know, around you and on the doors. Um, but there's something different about it. It is, there's only the three colors. It's not the rainbow of colors that you saw represented before. It's just those three. And that's the one thing you notice as, as this, this kind of orb comes together. And now, like, I think with just like a final burst of like a boof of energy that kind of like goes out and washes across the water, like making like a, a small wave that, that ripples outwards. It just like is hovering there directly above the, the well in the center of this now, you know, four-pointed star island in the center of the Bonhurst Lock. And like I said, you all are free, freed from your, your paralysis, whatever that was, but Cosmo, you look at this thing, and as soon as that wave washes out, like, you're looking at this orb, and this entire time, you've been trusting your gut. You've been following your gut. And what your gut is telling you right now is that whatever that thing is, that is, it's very wrong. Like that is, that is not, like that, that thing should not be, like that, that it just shouldn't exist. Like whatever that thing is, you're just getting the feeling of something is very wrong. Guys, I'm not really sure what it is that's not i mean it might be the heart of ao but um i don't my, my gut that has been leading us all this way is telling me that that is not good um it doesn't mean that it's not the heart of ao but it, it's definitely a bad thing if it is <coughs> um 
looking at some actions here. Feel free. So I just gave up all that time for nothing? Do we destroy it? Should I just hit it? Well, I was going to say, I mean, so uh, just every everything's bad. I, f I feel like 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. And that's uh, not the thing we came here for. I'm not saying it isn't, but I trust me, we all sacrifice something. Uh, I'm going to cast, I mean, I, I, I always feel like it. maybe it never comes up the way I want it to, but I'm going to cast it anyways. Uh, we cast Divine Sense. Um, it's the hollow spell one. Uh, it's the Detect Good and Evil? It says, uh, I can sense anything affected by the hollow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend undead. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, so, oh, this will be fun. Um, Cosmo, you, uh, you... You you cast your spell, you channel it, and uh, you're trying to you're focusing on this this floating orb in the center of the well, and you no hollow spell, no celestials, no 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 phase, no fiends, but your your thing your your sense goes off for undead, and but it's not coming from in front of you, it's coming from above you, and the three of you hear heavy flapping of wings that is that is uh that is coming quickly from directly above you and as you look up you see a form materialize out of nothing as it was invisible before and you see the still very injured and damaged look version of Chakar with its both its front legs missing Thanks to uh, thanks to both uh, Glenn and I, I don't remember who cut off the other one, but um, it might have been Bibrin that cut off the other leg. Uh, but the um, you see you see Chakar who is who is flapping its wings and preparing to land onto this same island that you are on now. But you see a figure that is riding on Chakar's back, and. All of you would recognize this hooded and draconic figure. And that's where we're going to leave the session tonight. Son of a bitch. Oh, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7pm PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.